You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 197 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello. We're all here. How great is this? Like an Entmoot or something. (laughs) Excellent. It's it's a full team, and we've decided to pick. uh, We we seem to be having another heat wave here in the UK, so it's another very warm recording of uh, this week's podcast. So there might be quite a lot of sweating, um, and that's just because we're all being microwaved by the sun. We're filming in 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 Far Harad, I think, is where we're recording today. Oh, I like what you did there. I like what you did there. Um, but we shall soldier on because there are lots of cool Warhammer goodies to talk about. Mainly, uh, and Matt just alluded to it, we have had um, potentially, have we had a Middle Earth-centred sort of preview before? Uh, there's been mid- Middle Earth elements before, but this was an entirely Middle Earth strategy battle game uh, preview, which is exciting. Yeah, that happened just this last Sunday, gone. Um, so as our main segment this week, we're going to be taking in... Uh, what was revealed tying into that we of course we, we do this every time there's an online preview for our top three we'll be picking out our favorite reveals from said show uh, and we'll also be reading out the community top three picks towards the end of the show as well we also have all of the latest news including quite a bit of uh, heresy pre-order stuff uh, mm. which is very very cool but before we get stuck into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby since the last podcast. And seeing as you were unfortunately absent last week, Jay, let's pick on you first. What have you been <laughs> up to in the hobby? Oh, man, I've got to think back now. Oh, well, I suppose the main thing that I've been working on is some Horus Heresy, Legio Custodes. Um, a Legio Custodes Caladius Grav Tank, which I picked up at the Horus Heresy event that we went to a few weeks back. Mm. Um, it is now... Uh, I'm going to say it's complete, but I do want to go back to it, uh, and I'll explain why I want to go back to it shortly. So I um I I tried to make so I've got an Adeptus Custodes army with some Forge World units in it. It's a very sort of pristine, fresh off the sort of production line looking army, like a lot of my armies are. With the Horus Heresy and the Imperial Fists, for example, I wanted to try and get a bit more of a battle worn, grittier look. Um, and I'm really pleased with how the Imperial Fist turned out. But I wanted to go a step further with the Legio Custodes. And I think Legio Custodes as well, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're predominantly a gold army with splashes of red. And I think a lot of people's Custodes armies probably look quite similar. So I wanted to try and make mine stand out a little bit and, and make it really sort of gritty and battle one. And the, the idea is, is this army is the army that was deployed to the Webway during, I don't know if anyone's read The Master of Mankind. I know, Andy, you've oh, recently has finished anybody it. read Master of Mankind? <laughs> Only like one of the best heresy books, Jay. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, well, you'll know in that that the Legio Custodes and the Sister Towns, they're getting mauled in the Webway. So, you know, it, prior to that 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 sort of um, um, campaign, uh, the Custodes were, were 10,000 strong. And then after that campaign, the 10,000 sort of um, uh, reference to them was, was literally a tongue-in-cheek reference to them. They were that badly mauled in the webway. So I want my custodies to look like they've been fighting down there and they've been savaged by the demons that are spilling through from uh, from uh, Magnus's uh, uh, mistake. Um, so to that end, I, I tried to experiment with some some new kinds of paints, some oil paints. 
um, some different metallic paints, some weathering powders. Um, and it's just sort of been a trial and error type thing on there. I've, I've, I've looked online and found a few guides and a few tutorials and things for using these kind of paints and whatnot. Um, but I'm quite pleased with how it's, how it's turned out. Um, it, it definitely looks like a custodies vehicle. It, it, it's got the gold. It's got the, uh, the sort of ornate look to it. It's got the contrasting reds. But it's also very, very heavily sort of weathered and battered and scratched and scraped. Um, so, yeah, so I'm quite pleased with how that's turned out. Um, where I want to take it further is on the basin. So I wasn't sure what to do with the base. I wanted to sort of tie the base into sort of the weathering and, and, um, and sort of uh, marks and things that I've put onto the vehicle itself. Um, and I, I've tried to do that. I've used I've used I've tried to create a very textured base, lots of different textures, lots of like um textured paint from games workshop some some sort of muddish type paint some sand gravel um to make like a rough sort of surface something like that and then i've, I've dry brushed and i've used different grays and, and blacks and things splashes of red i'm not 100 percent happy with it i'm going to leave it as it is but i've got plans to go back and sort of make it a bit more interesting i think so in the web way for those that have not read master of mankind yet basically the the emperor has sent um the mechanicum into the webway to sort of um I want to say upgrade, but I can't imagine slapping man-made technology onto old ones, uh, sort of wraith bone type construct is upgrading it really, but there you go. Um, so you've got to imagine sort of sleek Eldari sort of designed um, architecture and, and um, um, sort of terrain in the webway with the Mechanicum bolting on there, steel plates and cabling and servo skills and that kind of thing. And that's what the webway project was. And I want to try and incorporate elements of that onto the bases of my models. So maybe some um, Eldari looking structures jutting out of the ground, all damaged, of course, because the demons have just mauled it um, with with wiring and servo skulls like smashed on the bases and things like that. So we'll see how that goes. So that's the plan. So, yeah, so that's what I've been busy with for the last two weeks. Um, I've also been building a unit of Aquilin Custodian Terminators, which I picked up from the Horus Heresy as well. They're ready to, to start painting because it was one thing to try and sort of do this sort of sort of like gritty sort of paint scheme on a big vehicle with lots of smooth surfaces and things. It, it's going to be different, I think, to try and apply that same kind of method to an infantry figure. So there it's going to be another experiment, I think, to see how that goes. I think um, the experiment's gone well, though, Jay. I think this is possibly your best vehicle you painted. <laughs> it looks so good. Oh, cheers, Matt. Yeah, no, it, I do. I, I am I am happy with how it's turned out. And, like, I've done, like, grime coming down the surfaces and bits of rust underneath the metal. And uh, I've, I've applied some cool sort of, like, turquoisey green colours to the gold just to – I know gold doesn't really rust or oxidise or whatever the word is in that sort of way. It doesn't. But you don't do know what kind of effect – well, this is it in the webway and then all the demonic influence. You've got no idea what it's going to do to even Oromite armor. And you don't, you know, Oromite isn't gold. It's some other substance. So you, you have no idea how it reacts in these sort of environments. And I think actually it, it looks quite nice. It's a nice sort of contrast from the sort of plain gold, which is traditionally what my custodians are, just plain gold. So, so yeah, so that, that's been that. So it's been, yeah, so it's good. So I, I'm trying to get this army done for um, the next Horus Heresy event, which is in November, I believe. Um, yeah, November. And hopefully we have Legio Custodies rules by then. If not, I've got the Imperial Fist ready to go. But, yeah, hopefully these guys can go. Excellent. Yeah, it looks amazing, Jay, that tank. Really, really impressed. You're really pushing the boat out um, with this Custodies uh, project. Um, Andy, what have you been up to in the hobby this this last week? Uh, wow, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> so I've 
I've I've fallen a little bit behind with my hobby resolutions in the last couple of months or so. Like the last two months have been a bit difficult with work and you know just get losing a bit of motivation. Like the weather obviously has yeah. not helped. <laughs> um, so one of them is to paint up two thousand points of um, chaos for forty k. And initially, when I started at the beginning of the year, my thought was I'll just do 2,000 points of one faction. I'll do like 2,000 points of Chaos Knights, for example. And as the year's gone on, I've got to a stage now where I've got basically 1,000 points of Chaos Knights built and painted. And looking at events that I go to and I've been to in the last two years for 40K, it's always been about 1,000 points or 50 power level. And I've got that now with my Chaos Knights. In fact, I've got another Chaos Knight that's sort of like waiting to get built and painted. So I've actually got a little bit more. Um, so I've jumped into priming all of the Death Guard from the Dark Ooh. Imperium box set. No. And um, I took a Death Guard kill team as well as a Chaos Legionnaire kill team to Warhammer World with a friend, um, friend of the show, Jason, last week. And bizarrely enough, I didn't actually play the Death Guard, but I did play the Legionnaires. Um, I did get all the kill team primed for that. And then since then, because of the weather's obviously been so toasty, um, I've took the opportunity to prime the rest of the Death Guard stuff. So I've got all the um, sort of Plague Marines primed in Death Guard Green. And I've had a look on... um, Warhammer's YouTube channel and I think it was Peachy did a video on how to paint Death Guard up to sort of like battle ready um, and I'm looking at that and thinking to myself that's actually a really nice way of doing it especially for um, like a batch painting sort of technique it looks really good so I'm going to give that a go and then all the pox walkers are primed with white scar and I think it's Firestorm Games. I think they've done a paint guide on how to paint Poxwalkers. So I'm going to follow that as well and get, get them on the go. Um, I primed the Chaos Legionnaires, took them down, um, gave them a go. Um, uh, These are the think- 40k Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Legionnaires. So yes. Right yeah. 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 So I took, um, took them down and you, you basically get six operatives. Um, and I had a heavy gunner, plasma gunner, two guys with bolt guns, um, the Beth Balefire Acolyte, the Psyker, um, as well as the Chosen with the Demon Blade and Plasma Pistol. And I played against the um, Corsair, Void Scarred Corsairs. And that uh, they are very well balanced against each other. Like it was so much fun. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a blaster in that Voidscard Corsair unit that is frightening. Like, it's frightening because it's AP2, I think it is, which means you roll two less defense dice. So it's pretty much just going through my armor save and just, just killing a Marine every single turn. Um, I've also painted up the uh, barricades that you get in the Kill Team set. Um, so I've gone for three barricades, which are red, um, and three barricades, which are blue because all the tokens that you get in that box set are both red and blue. So I thought that was quite nice. And then on my paint desk at the minute, I've got the sort of um, uh, the templates for measuring, because you've got like symbols and stuff in Kill Team rather than 
actual um, yeah that's right squares and circles and triangles yeah so I've, I've primed all those templates um lead belcher and then i've just gone over and painted all the symbols with their um correct colors and then i'm just going to give it a wash a dry brush maybe layer up the the colors on them just so they stand out a bit more and then i'm just going to varnish them because i expect them to get quite a lot of use um and I think that's about it, to be honest with you. Um, the only other thing I've been doing, I can't talk about yet. So all I can say is it's um, definitely got my hobby motivation to get some paint um, on some models back. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that next week, I suppose. Excellent. Excellent. You've been very busy, Matt. Uh, Matt, Andy. Um, excellent stuff. Uh, speaking of Matt, though, um, <laughs> what have you been up to, Matt? So my 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 week's been marginally quieter, maybe not by volume of plastic. So I finished the uh, the Warcry scenery, the the Norwood terrain, and I gotta say, I think this is my favourite AOS terrain so far. It's so so cool. Um, I actually put together a painting guide over on the website as well, spruceandbrews.com, on how to get a quick and effective battle ready. Um norwood set up so next saturday i want to say war cry heart of Gers out so if you do want to try and get your uh your scenery on the battlefield quickly uh check that out uh and i've partially for me so inevitably in three months when the next uh season of war cry comes out i've got me uh me color scheme on the website so i can remind myself i'll paint <laughs> it um, because i suspect this year i'll be painting a lot of terrain um i'll tell you I, what I, I recently I I was um sort of like toying around the idea of painting some more pink horrors from a zinch army and for the life of me I can't remember the ratio of the wash that I apply over <laughs> the skin and when I saw your painting guide on the website I was like you know what I need to start writing these down mm. and it's very useful to have it on the on the site because I've ordered some of the um uh, the Warcry box set as well and I think I'm going to paint them pretty much exactly the same how you painted yours so I'm just going to follow the guide as well so yeah thank you for doing that Matt <laughs> no worries uh, that is that was no Jay you put one together didn't you on your Imperial Fist as well so let us know if that's something that you find useful because A it's content for the site which is cool uh, B like we said it's handy for ourselves when we come back to projects like a year later and can't remember how we painted it at least we've got the painting guide down and <laughs> um, so yeah if, if you if you you know painted up anything using these guys or you find it useful let us know because we can absolutely still keep churning these out. Um, I'll certainly do one on all the terrain pieces. And if people want to see on like other stuff that we paint, uh, yeah, we can do that too, which is cool. Um, I've also, and don't laugh at me, but I've been taking a makeup brush to my Deathcore Krieg. <laughs> so um, I went to I went to Wilco's. If you're not in the UK, Wilco's is like a, a what kind of stores Wilco's? It sells all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? Um, it's like home and beauty Home. and all sorts of stuff doesn't it yeah, um, like walmart yeah, about yeah. The food. pretty much um because i needed some dry brushes and i don't know if i've spoken to you about this i think i have in the past that you can spend like lots of money on like pro dry brushes but they're basically just makeup brushes because they've got really mm. soft bristles and they're like three quid each from wilco's mm. um and to, to the really really good for a dry brush and you get you don't get the kind of chalky effect that you sometimes get from dry brushing because the the bristles are soft enough to flex a bit more when you're kind of flicking it back and forth um but what 
makeup brushes are also really good for is dusting miniatures without damaging the paintwork. Because again, they've got uh, soft bristles. Yeah. Um, Deathcore Krieg have been in a storage unit for, I want to <laughs> say about a year now. Uh, and I'm taking them down to Warhammer World for the Throne of Skulls a week on Saturday. And I know they've been in the trenches and they're quite dusty and muddy, but there was a lot of dust on them and they were looking pretty grim. So uh, I spent <laughs> I spent my day on my knees dusting Kriegsmen. Um, so they're looking better now. They're ready for combat. Um, I could probably fit another unit of Death Corps of Krieg in there. With all the stuff that's on my painted desk at the minute, I'm not going to get them done in time for the event. So, Dave, you will be very, very proud of me. Oh, so really? Back, I can't even remember when the Death Corps of Krieg came out. We're talking like 15 years probably now, aren't we? Um, I bought a Metal Inquisitor who was uh, accompanying my marshal to combat. And they're about 60-odd points, I want to say. Yeah. So uh, I dusted him down as well. So there will be a Inquisitor coming alongside my Death Corps Greek. I just oh, need to find God. where the rules live for them, really. <laughs> they live in um, Warzone, Octarius, Rising Tide, Rising Tide or Critical Mass. I will let you know at the, the podcast break. Um, it's one of those two Warzone books. I think the the rules are... Living, they were in um, War of the Spider, but they 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 they're in one of these books. I'll let you know. Awesome, thank you kindly. So yeah, so basically getting the Death Corps Creed ready for events. There's a lot of events that we've got coming up in the near future. I did try and get tickets to Golden Demon because a it's cool to just see that anyway, and b I fancied entering some stuff. You know, it was probably not going to win any demons, but you know it's an experience, isn't it? Unfortunately, mm. they sold out like super quickly as well. Um, uh, so. So we couldn't make that one however we've got the throne of scores coming up me and andy are going to the crusade narrative event which is going to be super exciting uh all four of us are going to the path to glory event which is really really exciting and then me and andy bought tickets to the war cry event in i don't even know when it is now october maybe i think Something it's november like november um <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah and then we've got obviously got the um the horus heresy uh, tournament in November as well, so I feel um, there's a lot of hobby happening in the last part of the year, which is exciting. Lots of bugs and breakfasts. Lots of bugs and breakfasts, <laughs> exactly. Now, the, the hardest thing is what to take for them. Like I said, the, the Cree are coming to the uh, Throne of Skulls. I'm thinking I might take my word bearers to the um, Crusade event because I can do a nice little narrative for them. Obviously, we know what we're doing for the Path to Glory, and we will start putting out some videos and articles on that as well. Mm. Um, but the one that I'm really torn, and and the 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 Warcry one, I've got lots of choice. I love all of the one. I'll just randomise it and roll the dice or something. But the one that's got me really stuck is the Horus Heresy. Um, I enjoyed using the Sons of Horus. I really like my Emperor's Children. I kind of want to do demons, um, or or Mechanicum or, or Titan Legions or something like that. But again, that is dependent on when the rules for these things come out. So. Perfect world. I'd love to take a band and a load of demons with me. You are committed to the traitors, aren't you? I am committed to the traitors, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. not to say that's not to say I could have a traitor aligned Legio Ignatum mantle. No. <sighs> absolute heresy and your custodians would not be happy at all fighting them in the webway, I'm sure. <laughs> in fact, what the oh it's the um in Master of Mankind, it's the um, World Eater's Helm they take back, don't they, to say there's traitor Astartes in the webway. Yeah. Now. 
Interesting. Yeah. Cool. That just leaves myself to finish off this segment. Uh, and it's actually been a really good week for me as well uh, in the hobby. Um, first and foremost, uh, last couple of weeks I have mentioned a secret project. Still a secret project, but it is now finished. And I'm really pleased pleased with the end result. Um, that I can reveal very, very soon. So, yeah, that's all finished. Um, I'm glad to have that done. Uh, it's really fired me up to carry on something but we'll talk about that in a week or so's time um so that's meant i've got kind of fully on board with the skaven and um, matt obviously mentioned one of the things we're going to do is path to glory um towards the end of the year and i am determined to get the skaven up to 2000 points painted and ready to go so to that end um i have painted i, I built sprayed and painted completely the free null holes my terrain features really happy with how they've turned out i think you did an amazing job on like the warp glow of them yeah i, like I um guys. well we can we can thank um duncan Rhodes for that in one of his old tutorials uh, which i pretty much followed uh for, for for those really happy with how they've come out and um, i've also um built and sprayed um 20 storm vermin it did mean having to rebase 10 of them that were on square bases that i picked up a while ago sort of second hand um that took a little bit of time but that that's done um so i was hoping to start putting some of the skin on those this evening but it's just a little bit too warm in this um in this room to start doing that um so it, it feels like i've been quite busy with those those three things um the only other thing I've been doing is um, finishing building my Death Watch kill team. Um, so these are infiltrators um, that uh, we got with one of the kill team boxes. Uh, they look really, really cool. I really like the fact that they're all individual like poses and stuff. And I, I, I'm, I am keen to have a game of kill team at some point. Uh, and they'll probably form um, part of my Crusade army, um, which we are hoping to start towards the end of the year. Potentially, I have been continuing to write up the narrative for that, but there's something else that might actually delay our, our crusade, but it's probably going to be a couple of weeks so we can chat about that. So, um, yeah, another a good productive week for me as well. Um, can't wait to have a game of Skaven against all of you guys. It's, um, it's a long time coming. I look forward to facing them, Dave. It, it seems like you've been working on these Skaven for we we were at a um mm-hmm. a Warhammer World Open Day, weren't we, when um, a big Skaven battle box came out, and I think that's when your love of Skaven really started. Yeah, um, and I have sort of in drips and drabs painted character models. Uh, I started painting some clan rats ages ago, um, but it really focused my mind the fact that we're going to this path to glory i'm locked into chaos as well now as well so i don't have any of a chaos army so it's skaven or bust um they've got they they must be done um but i i'm really happy with how they're going um that i think by the time they're finished probably a bold statement but i think it'll probably be one of the best armies i've done um so yeah i'm really looking forward to finishing them off awesome Right, that is the end of the first segment of this week's podcast. We do have a little bit to get through, so we're going to take a pause and come back with this week's news. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? 
Well, we've got a bit of a bumper week of pre-orders and an awful lot of Horus Heresy on the way as well. Uh, first of all, we've got the Plastic Sakaran Battle Tank. So that's pretty exciting. Now, it looks like they're going to do these in a range of different kits because it seems to be the uh, the auto cannon armed version. But if I remember rightly, there's like four or five different uh, turret weapons you can put on the Sakaran. So I'm hoping we see some, you know the rest of them in the near future. But it looks pretty cool. This is going to be £47.50, which I... Have you bought a resin Sakara in, Jay? I don't know how that weighs up to the old Forge World ones. I don't have a resin Sakara. The closest thing I probably have to the Sakara was the Arquator Siege Tank, which is, I think, like a similar chassis, but flipped round. And that was like mm. £100, I think. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's definitely a good price. I think I'll be buying one of these. I know you're a big fan of these tanks, Dave, as well. And I'm sure you'll be buying one of them for your Dark yeah, Angels. I, absolutely. I can't wait to get my hands on one of these. It's it's a really it's a really nice tank. and It's an I iconic remember, heresy tank as well. It is. Yeah. I remember when we were talking about kits we'd like to see in plastic. I can't remember if that was my top or second choice. I mean, the Leviathan Siege Dreadnought was the, the other one. And we've got a plastic one of those as well. So yeah. it's all good for the heresy. Yeah, it's, it's it's so so good. Um, speaking of heresy, the Spartan is now available separately for the first time as well. At a bargain, sixty-seven pound fifty. If you even before, you know when we saw the original leaks, if somebody told me you could get a Spartan for less than seventy quid, I wouldn't believe him. I I still suspected this would be like ninety-five quid for the plastic kit because it's a big tank, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. that is impressive. Um, so yeah, sixty-seven fifty for that. The Contemptor. £36, and this is the full Contemptor kit, so it includes an extra sprue that isn't included in the version that comes in Age of Darkness with all your um, the, the funkier weapons, so the conversion beam, the plasma cannon, the carries assault cannon, the Volkite dual culverin, and another power fist, so you can do dual power fist as well if you want to. Um, again, with your Dark Angels, you wanted the plasma option, obviously that wasn't an option in the Age of Darkness box, Dave, I suspect you're going to take a plasma contemptor, are you? Oh, you, you are. You can read my mind, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's really cool as well, the upgrade frame has got a, a number of different chest plates for the contemptor as well. So if you go for a full contemptor army, you can get them all looking different as well, which is really, mm. really cool. Um, speaking of old kits with new loadouts, the shooty version of the Leviathan Siege Dreadnought is also up for pre-order. Uh, this comes with a range of shooty weapons they are selling the gun sprue and the close combat sprue from the other kit separately so if you've got some magnets and uh, um, pretty much how they handled the um the adeptus Sanicus releases you could just get one of those kits get the sprue for the version you haven't got and then swap out the loadout again really really good idea i'm uh, fully down with that the uh, the leviathan's 47 pound 50 as well which is a a heck of a lot cheaper than the resin was was because I think that was probably nearing ninety quid as well, wasn't it? All in, yeah. Um, they've also got both flavors. They've also got both flavors of Terminators, Cataphracty and Tartarus. They have now been reboxed into tens, and they cost um, fifty-two pound fifty for ten, which is a very precise amount. That I had to check because it didn't roll off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> I I still really like these Terminator kits. I'd love to see Saturnine Terminators come out with a big dome shoulder pads, and I suspect we will see them at some point. But um, yeah, these are really nice. And again, um, arguably, if you're going in for like a Spartan and some Contemptors, 
uh, and uh, unit terminators, you may as well buy the Age of Darkness box because value-wise, that's still mm. a really, really good buy, isn't it? But if you do want to get the stuff separately, you can get all that individually now. Speaking of which, the two Prey tours are also available. Again, they're £19 each, though. So if you're buying a couple of these things, just buy an Age of Darkness box. Yeah. Stick the rule book on eBay and split the other stuff. Um, that said, if you just want a Spartan or a Contemptor or a Unit Terminator, whatever, at least you can buy all that kind of a la carte now, can't you? Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Iron Warriors upgrades are also up for pre-order too. So that's pretty cool, Andy. I know um, you've been tempted by these because these are pretty good, nice um, headset to replace the beaky heads on the Mark VI armor. Yeah, that that's kind of the one thing I'm looking at for my Iron Warriors is I'm not I'm not sold on the beaky heads for them. I, I think for most of the legions you can get away with it and it looks fantastic, but for Iron Warriors I'm very much uh, yeah I think I'll be picking up quite a few of these sets, but I think I'm going to keep keep it at like veterans um, mm. and and the occasional model in a unit rather than spreading it out and and doing it on all of the models in in my army to start off with um it's a nice yeah. identifier as well isn't it to pick out those veteran squads and stuff yeah i mean i'm looking at like the praetors um and i love the praetor with the power axe but i'm looking at the head options and neither of them really scream iron warriors to me mm. so yeah looking at like the uh unhelmeted head from that upgrade pack and stuff like that yeah i think that's going to fit in quite well yeah, it'd be really, really cool. Now, if you're a player of the uh, the Mechanicum of Mars or their slightly darker brethren, uh, Liber Mechanicum is also for pre-order at £30, and this has your rules for playing Mechanicum armies. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Walkham have also said it doesn't just include rules for the Mechanicum. It also has the Questorus Households Army List, which is essentially imperial knights before they were imperial knights and the titan legions themselves so again like with the uh, the liber astartes and liber hereticus um you get kind of three army lists in there which is pretty cool um now alongside this they have got age of darkness armages so this is a box that contains the 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 plastic armages however it includes age of darkness era transfers with the various households that existed during the 31st millennium so that's pretty cool i i I wasn't expecting this it isn't on the um it isn't on my release list that i look at with prices so i suspect this is maybe a gw exclusive one but um yeah including those heresy area transfers is an awesome thing yeah Uh, that that is good i wonder if if they actually revealed the box out for these because i could imagine them just putting them in like a white box and just giving you a different transfer sheet potentially and that, that would kind of go with the fact that it's not on this release list which is suggested it isn't a store release but i could be wrong so we'll see you on the shelves next week i guess if that is the case um warcom did share a little snippet the armages are a troops choice for a knight army right. so that's pretty full but yeah more more on that as we know more but uh i am i am all about the mechanicum now if you prefer age of sigmar uh Hexbane's Hunters for Warhammer Underworlds are up for pre-order. These are £26, and this is basically the Witch Hunter Warband for Underworlds. And oh my days, these look amazing. <laughs> they do, they really do. I mean, I'm a big fan of Witch Hunters. This is 100% getting built and painted by me at some point in the in the future. 
Yeah, I um, I was a big fan of the Van Dents that they released um, during the Broken Realm series. So, yeah, these are very much my cup of tea. Uh, for Blood Bowl, we've got a random release out of nowhere as well to round up the uh, the pre most of the pre-orders this, this week. Uh, the Elven Union have got a pitch and dice and cards. No model, sadly, but um, it means that you can get your nice themed collection. That's one of the nice things about Blood Bowl, isn't it? Having the kind of pitch that suits your team. That's mm. quite fun when you do a campaign and stuff as well. So they are various prices that I haven't written down, but they're the same prices. I've still got some... I've still got some Elf Union cheerleaders from Forge World in a pack somewhere unopened. Have you? That's not like something to work on then. Uh, I know, Jay. yeah. And I've got a, I've got an Elf Union team that's sort of, I say half painted, it's not even half painted. I think two models are painted and the rest have had the purple put down on them. But there ah, you go. Maybe, maybe you need to get shame. a new pitch for him. Well, yeah, that's what, one of the things that I do want to do in the new year. Obviously, we said last time, Spruce and Bruise HQ has been quite delayed this year but hopefully i should be moving out at the end of september that's like seven weeks away so uh then we'll be able to get some more regular gaming and videos and live battles and stuff on the go again and i think a good big focus will be these kind of specialist games and smaller stuff because a it's that it's quicker to film and b gives us a chance to play more as well which is really cool um into other news we had some amazing news for necromunda that caught me by surprise even though it I mean, it was right in the ash waste review i pretty much alluded to the fact that we'll probably get a narrative supplement but you know at some vague point in the future and then walcom went and announced uh the arnethian succession Sindrak burning which is a new entirely narrative expansion for necromunda setting up an entirely new story arc the first like advancement in the plot for a long time and it looks like an assassination attempt has been made on lord helmore himself the undisputed lord of necromunda and he's currently in medical stasis so um this <laughs> yeah so so i guess over the course of this campaign which is going to be a multi-book campaign where we learn what you know how this affects necromunda the balance of things lord helmore was a very powerful individual that kind of had a lot of the gangs in his grasp now if you think kind of dystopian sci-fi movie um or yeah if you played cyberpunk or something like that when the big boss does get taken down you've got all the different kind of like power influences fighting on overtaking it over and various gangs could rise and fall and you know he, he has got quite a large family that'll probably be all kind of out for each other to take over from him but i suspect some of the uh the gangs will try and maybe take the throne of necromunda too so that is super super exciting for me it has 50 pages of lore telling the story so far and it also has rules for the orlocks no it doesn't it also has rules for the goliaths and the um escher gangs so i suspect new vehicles for them we've already seen the bikes for the goliaths uh, there's a rather beefy looking chap on the front cover that dave immediately said yes i want that model when it comes mm-hmm. out um uh, so yeah it's, that sounds really cool and in addition to this it has an entire campaign as well so over the course of this series of books you will have a continuing campaign that your gaming group can play through 
This book has 12 new scenarios based around the Ash Waste, the Sector Mechanicus and the Zone Mortalis as well. So that's something I know you were mentioning, Jay, it's quite nice having a mix of the different environments because different weapons and playstyles suit those different environments, don't they? Yeah, it, it's cool. Like you say, some open spaces with snipers and other games close quarters with your flamers and things like that. Yeah, it's cool. So, so yeah, so I, I'm really looking forward to playing this out. My my only kind of thing is, when does it come out, and is it going to interfere with the timing of our current Necromunda campaign? Because we absolutely have to get a segue into this, aren't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. well that's it. I think we finish what we're doing, and then yeah, then straight into this because I'm loving the the campaign we're running currently. It's really fun. Yeah, and if it's generally nowadays Games Workshop, their non-mainline release, they tend to release something every three months. So again, it could be a, a case of over over a year you get to play through this entire necromunda campaign so mm. yeah that's really really fun and i'm looking forward to uh, seeing what they do speaking of necromunda they also released a new series on warhammer community apocrypha necromunda so this is similar to the horus heresy post they've been putting out with new rules and lore and stuff the first one is about the squats and the pdf is like six-page story talking about this this squat group that's gone into the underhive and are battling not just an ogryn but a psychic ogryn so you've Mm. got all the lore about that conflict and what the squats are doing in the underhive because it's a generally they try and stay out of the underhive if they can because at the end of the day they're miners They're, they're working out in the in the wastes um but what this supplement also has is a new um option for any outlaw gang of an awakened ogryn so an ogryn that has had genetic modification to enhance its latent psychic potential which just sounds terrifying to me a psychic ogryn clocking in at 220 credits now unfortunately chaps you've both got lawful gangs unless you want to change alignment um the the filthy the filthy um delac may may well take a psychic ogryn in their uh, warbands so and you also get a uh, a scenario there's no sneaking there as around well. with that. Oh yeah, there's no sneaking <laughs> with that. And you also get a new scenario in there as well. So again, if you're playing through these campaigns, there's a large pool of different missions you can play now, which kind of adds some flavour to the game. So yeah, that gets a massive thumbs up from me, and uh, I can't wait to make a psychic ogre of my own. We also saw a reveal of the contents of Kill Team Into the Dark. So we saw this kind of teased, didn't we, a little while ago. We've now learned the full details of what is in the box. So we kind of had an inkling of what to expect, didn't we? But this is the first time we've seen the scenery. And I've got to say, this scenery looks phenomenal. Um, Dave, what do you think? I completely agree. I mean... I'm tempted to get this box, not for the two warbands in there, but purely for the scenery. Um, I think it's as much about how good the scenery is in this box, but also what we're potentially going to build up during the course of this like year-long, um, of the year-long Kill Team releases. But I'm saying that, I mean, both gangs are superb as well. In particular, I think um, the Crutes, but the Breachers aren't too far behind. Um, but yeah, a, a fantastic looking set. Yeah, so so looking at the parts, I've had a nosy as best I can on Warcom, which isn't the best, but it looks like you get a series of pillars and then the actual walls and doors then slide between those pillars and then the various gubbins like pipes and engines and stuff then clip onto the walls. So what you do 
is leave the entire lot modular and then presumably as they release new sets every three months you can then pick and choose to make your massive spaceship of your dreams it'll be great for rpgs it'll be great for necromunda and for storage the fact that this all disassembles is such a brilliant idea yeah i'm i'm very very excited about this now it contains the kill team core rule book that was previously in the octarius box um but it also contains the new kill team into the dark book which again i presume is similar to the other quarterly releases we've seen for kill team with the rules for the two kill teams and the scenery um as this is kind of like the, the first in the years you also get the dice the cards the tokens the templates the barricades all that kind of stuff and you get the two gangs as well so we've got the imperial navy who just look amazing and incidentally across this sprue you seem to have a lot of the weapon options that are available to the solar auxilia in a very similar style i can see a lot of people using these as plastic solar auxilia yeah fits um and again they look amazing so i'm looking forward to painting these up and there's also the crew kill team as well crew have been a long time coming i think we said the other day they're like what 20 odd years old sprue um you get the the crew in there and you also get two crew hounds as well so yeah i i don't think there's a bad thing in this box um anyone anyone got any thoughts on, on what they want or they want to paint or would it get you into kill team if you hadn't played it before um so i've recently been picking up um and playing a bit of kill team and it's reinvigorated my love for it like it's it's such a good quick game to play that's really really nice in the sense that you don't have to buy a lot of models so you can quite easily paint up a kill team in a week or you know whatever and yeah i mean using the chaos legionnaires as an example with all the different sort of like options and stuff like that there's there's multiple ways to play that kill team as well so yeah, looking at these boxes, I mean, I've, I've picked up the the Warcry Heart of Gur for pretty much the same reason. Is I want to play through these kill team boxes as they come out, and mm. yeah, looking at the the scenery, especially like building it into a space hulk, yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So we don't know when that's out, but hopefully not too far off. For the Horus Heresy, uh, we saw some new heads for the Space Wolves, and these have. Um, I think it's fair to say I've been mixed online and memed to death already. The Space Wolves with some very wolfy looking heads. Now, personally, I really like these, but um, I know you're not too convinced on them, are you, Jay? Um, No, to me, I mean, they're not bad helms, really. They're just not to my taste. I think I would have preferred. I like the, um, do you know, the um, there's two units of Space Wolves. You've got the guys with the the shields and the axes. Mm. And then you've got the almost like Death Wolfy sort of Death Company type looking Space Wolves as well. Um, and I quite like that sort of Viking aesthetic. And I think some Viking type helms might look quite cool. Um, but yeah, these are, I think I think the the 40k Space Wolf upgrade, at least the original one, not the primary swab. It used to have one or two of these kind of helms on it as well. Mm. And I think that was quite cool. You had a few helms with runes on, a few helms with top knots, and then and then one of these to pop. Because I mean. It's quite nice, and you can see it for like a console or a, a sergeant or something like that, perhaps. I was but just holds... about to say that it, it would be perfect for those sergeant models, those leaders, because then you can differentiate who is, I'm um, using air quotes here, you're sniping those you're aiming for. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. guess a unit of twenty space dwarfs, all with the wolfy helmets, <laughs> is very wolfy. But you know I, what? I, saw, I, I dig it. I saw someone post a really cool response to one of the memes, and that was that there's a new rule for for space wolf units that are equipped with these helmets. So this is this isn't my uh, my thing. I saw this online, and that is uh, when they throw a crack or frag grenade, you have to roll a dice, uh, and on a on a five plus. Um, one of your um, squad members actually runs forward, collects the grenade, and brings it back and does damage <laughs> to your unit. Amazing. I'm so, yeah. I, just just for my input, I'm siding with Matt. I think these are really cool, and um, I, I'd love to paint some space walls with these helms. Yeah, me too. Me too. So the the the, the wolf heresy has started already. <laughs> for wolf time. <laughs> The wolf, yeah. So did, did did you know that a year ago, close on a year ago, Warhammer Plus launched? And I think it's safe to say that we've certainly got our money's worth out of Warhammer Plus, haven't we? We got a ten pound voucher. I think they, there was another voucher at some point, a free miniature. I mean, we've had like forty quid's worth of free dice from uh, Warhammer World events, plus the actual content that you're paying for. So I think it's been pretty good. And Warhammer community said today that uh, in a week or two year two of uh, Warhammer Plus starts. There are some teasers of the of the new model. Now, unfortunately for Jay, <laughs> they're both definitely Chaos models. It looks like we've got a, a Chaos Sorcerer, a Chaos Wizard, uh, something Chaos-y with a big staff and a Chaos icon on their back, and a big lumbering Terminator with some spikes on that looked very, very familiar. I did some um, searching on Tinternet, and one of the first pieces of artwork of Chaos Terminators is it's I mean, you put it side by side with the silhouette. It's the same model, isn't it? So it looks like it's we'll come. We've done the classic. Here's a nostalgic piece of old art. Here's a model to represent that. And that'll be really cool. Hopefully next week we see the actual reveals. Um, but, yeah, they've said that you if you are subscribed between the 25th and the 31st of August, so essentially when your subscription renews, uh, you will get a £10 voucher to spend on Games Workshop, which is really cool. If you're an annual subscriber that pays yearly, you will get your miniature in a month. Oh. If you're a monthly subscriber that pays every month, you'll get your miniature at the end of the year. Oh, so it's an incentive good. for play, paying it up front. You get your miniature bike straight away, which is amazing. So uh, I will be doing that, and I'll be picking up that Terminator because he looks amazing. Um, so there's going to be a load more animations coming out. So uh, Black Talon, Warhammer and Bolter, Pariah Nexus, loads of cool stuff. The Vault is going to continue and the apps are going to continue. So, yeah, it's I've been happy with Warhammer Plus. I use the apps. I subscribe for the apps anyway. I think it worked out not a lot more to pay for the Warhammer Plus subscription rather than the individual subs for the apps. Uh, yeah. You did as well, didn't you, Dave? Yeah, I was already paying for the app, so it was an absolute no-brainer to upgrade it to Warhammer Plus. It's been it's been good. Um, I'm not going to say it, it's been absolutely fantastic, but it has been good, and I've enjoyed the shows that have come on there. Um, I know the main grievance for a lot of people is they expect something awesome every week, and that's not been the case. But there's a lot of content on there now, so um, yeah, I think I year one. How- at the sort of events we're going to now as well, you get little rewards as well for being a subscriber. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think I do think lack of content is potentially a valid argument, and they need to ramp up bringing stuff out on it. I um, think. I think just just. On, I mean, I I got a set of dice from 
going to a Warhammer event. Um, and that is cool. That is cool. And it's, it's really nice dice. It was dice I was actually tempted to buy anyway. So it saved me however much they are. However, I is a bit tagged on. Um, I would like to see something really unique for Warhammer Plus subscribers rather than just, oh, we really need to give something out to reward our Warhammer. Let's just grab some dice, you know. That that's that's me being really critical, but I suppose I, that's the um limited model, isn't it? That that's kind of like the unique thing you get. But to to go back to the the quote unquote lack of content and stuff, for me, I've been reading the Psychic Awakening books on Warhammer Plus, and yeah, just for reading those, I felt like I've got most of my money's worth straight out yeah, of that. And... I, I agree. I think the vault has been one of the best parts. And you know what? When people are moaning about online, they don't really go into the vault at all. Realistically, mm. we've got what years, years of White Dwarf on there now, including recent issues. If you were, if you weren't a subscriber to the physical White Dwarf, in what six months you'd probably have current, uh, you know, issues of the magazine. Not to mention all of the lore of an awful lot of books, like the End Times books are on there, mm. the um, the very expensive um, Forge World uh, Imperial Armour books are all on there, which are an amazing resource. And the quality of the copies in the vault are way better than scanned stuff that you can get, you know, pirated online. Can I just take a slight detour away from Warhammer Plus just for a moment and just actually a just say a few words in, of appreciation towards where White Dwarf is at at the moment. Um, I went through a stage where I wasn't really buying it anymore because I give it a quick flick through and then it'd end up in a pile. Um, but with all these like rules that they're now putting in there, um, short stories, um, the Tomb Celestials, the, the, the sort of mini codexes, they're really good, and I'm really looking forward to the, the next issue. Is actually um, a new look. They've um, they've made a couple of changes, and I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, but I believe there's new Necron Crusade content in the next White Dwarf. Yeah, really I'm really excited. looking forward to that because the, the Necron Crusade stuff is is pants compared to some of the Crusade stuff we've got now. Yeah, I think the big changes a, a few years ago, White Dwarf was essentially a glorified advertisement catalog wasn't it it was a, yeah. a large chunk of the magazine was pictures of the new models which are all on the website now and on warcom and stuff um where now the bulk of the magazine is gaming content isn't it new new rules for your armies new supplemental stuff for your games you know like data sheet cards in them objective cards in them it is like i don't know 70 80 percent gaming content now which is really cool i mean it is funny that we kind of complain that we've got to take so many books around but then in the second breath we're like yeah give us more rules in my door <laughs> yeah um, it's true <laughs> we're, ne- we're never pleased hobbyists we're not we're not but yeah so so you should i don't know if there is re- recurring subscriptions and they don't mention if the subscription price would change to year two which is an interesting uh missing bit from this walk on post i'm going to be optimistic and say due to the fact they haven't mentioned it the price hasn't changed but bearing in mind that a lot of subscription services have gone up this year it wouldn't surprise me if the price goes up a little bit but we'll see on the uh the 25th i guess uh on my um on my warhammer plus um on on the my warhammer site when you go to the um uh, subscription or whatever and it tells you the renewal date it also tells you the price um, and it looks like on mine, it looks like it's still 
49.99 oh excellent i mean that's 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 a brilliant price isn't it so yeah uh, that will tick over in august uh, they do mention that you'll get the voucher at the start of october and you have to spend it within october but you know 10 pound voucher let's face it we can all easily spend 10 pounds on games workshop can't we even if you just bought some paints with it you know it, it's not a bad shout oh co- come on you'll go on wanting to spend the tenner and you'll spend put extra zero at the end <laughs> that might be the cunning plan that might be the cunning plan now two days ago it was a very special day for me and andy you guys probably don't care so much but it was a holy day it was the eighth of the eighth corn's holy day it was corn day and to celebrate corn day here's why you had a headache the butcher's <laughs> nails started flaring off yeah. <laughs> um but the community uh, did three corn reveals to celebrate uh corn's big day the first of the three was a was a tease at the next warhammer underworld's warband um who are called the gore chosen of drom now Ooh. they sound like a delightful bunch and <laughs> warcom showed off the uh, the slaughter priest who leads them drom who i've got to say is absolutely rocking a dad bod with his kind of <laughs> belly flopping over his uh, his gear, I I really like this slot of priest Andy. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I really like him as well. I mean, my only slight criticism from the the Warcom picture is there's not enough blood for a blood god and not enough skulls on his base. That's literally my only criticism. That is, there's only like four skulls, which is not enough skulls on the corn model. Hopefully, the rest of the warband are like carrying piles of skulls to make up for it. Uh, but this is exciting. I mean, we've had a few corn warbands now for Warhammer Underworld, but it's been a while, hasn't it? So um, it's nice to see that they're uh, a different kind of aesthetic to them than the stuff that was in the original Age of Sigmar corn releases, which is, let's face it, we kind of opened Age of Sigmar with all the current corn models, didn't we? We did, we did. And then when we got the second um, corn warband, they were basically just Blood Warriors, weren't they? They were Reavers in the yeah. first one blood warriors in the second this one looks like it's going to be um a new unit perhaps well you know what i'd like to he's a slaughter priest i'd like to see all the various corn characters as an underworld warband that you could then double up of those characters in your games of sigmar so the guy with the whip the guy with the banner and have them as an underworld warband yeah that, that's a good shout i was i was thinking maybe more like a priest and his dark acolytes but well, no, I think good. I actually prefer um, the idea of a bunch of characters, yeah. So, so yeah, we'll see. So we don't know when out, but again, normally within the next three months. So that's pretty exciting. Now, the next reveal has got me really excited. I recently painted up a um, Leviathan Dreadnought in, in World Eater colours, which, considering I was going to paint it as Emperor's Children, and for some reason I, I had a, a pounding headache, I picked up some white spray paint, sprayed it white, and before I knew it I had a, <laughs> a World Eaters uh, Leviathan. Uh, yeah, the, core, uh, the, the upgrades for the World Eaters have been revealed for the Mark VI armour, and I've got to say, I am in love with these. They're kind of like proto-corn berserkers, aren't they? They're, they're, they're cool. Uh, I think that's the best. I think I prefer the Space Wolves. What? These Whoa. are the Space Wolves. Whoa. I think what helps these is, I like about them, is the sort of crest that comes out from either side of the helm is flat. And I think that looks really well because they can apply like the chipping and the worn yeah. sort of effects to the edges. And it, it looks really effective when it's painted. I think, yeah, it's like 
keep it simple and it, it looks really really nice i like these ones um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. order like six packs of these, Jay, because I just love them. Yeah, well, this is it. I don't think I could see entire squads kitted out with these helmets compared to the Space Wolves one where I'd probably sprinkle one or two through the army if I had to use them. Whereas these ones, I could do the whole army with these ones. Yeah, um, I think I think a World Eaters army is going to look really, really nice, Matt. I think it's a, a very nice colour scheme, lots of opportunity to sort of apply a bit of um, weathering and battle damage to it and make it look quite nice. And these helms, yeah, they'll just finish it off. Yeah, I mean, the, the shoulder pads, all the shoulder pads, I'm not fussed. I'd rather just put a transfer on. I think it's easier to do a transfer than trying to paint a fiddly. It's much quicker, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, and you can apply the sort of scratches and dirt over the top of it as well, which is quite nice. Yeah, but, I, always, um, I always get frustrated painting sculpted shoulder pads. The, the shoulder pads do get a pass, though, for the memes, and they have produced a lot of memes. I don't know if you guys have got Warcom open at the minute, but the, 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 the bottom shoulder pad with the two little studs, flip it upside down. It kind of looks like a shark's <laughs> face. Yes. So um, so yeah, that wins for the memes. But yeah, for me, it's all about the heads. Now, the final reveal on Corn Day, Andy, I told you to sit down before sending this image. And um, yeah, it's it's I'm excited. I'm excited, guys. We have seen the first new plastic um, Corn Berserker. Andy, do you want to tell us about these? Yeah. So it, it first off, sadly, it still sounds like they're still quite a way off. But man, oh man, if they're dripping these out over time, it's yeah, I'm I'm gonna be so excited when they come out. I mean, the model that was showcased off has uh, what I can only describe as a two-handed massive chain axe, but he's only wielding it in one hand because he's so cool and so badass. And then he's been working out, yeah, definitely. And then he's got a plasma pistol in one's one hand, which. We, we kind of know from like Khan and um, like the current plastic corn berserkers, you know, you can give them plasma pistols, but, you know, why, uh, why would you? <laughs> you know, it's like, OK, um, but yeah, looking at them, it, it, they, they definitely feel very regular Chaos Space Marine with like that upgrade pack on them. You know, they've got the classic corn berserker helmet on. Um, and they've got sort of like the belt feeds around the chest and stuff like that. It it looks amazing. Like it really does. I mean, you look at the, like the Death Guard and the Plague Marines, they're amazing. The Thousand Suns Rubik Marines looks amazing. And this Corn Berserker for World Eaters, oh my days. But the only thing I will say to Games Workshop, to be every metal painters, Blood for Blood God, where is it? Come on. <laughs> There's a little bit, there's a little bit on the axe, but not enough blood had been spilled. I also don't think this guy has ever not fired his plasma pistol on full charge. I mean, why wouldn't you if you're going to take a plasma pistol? So, uh, yeah, these are, you say, they're probably a little while off, but um, I think this army is going to look incredible on the battlefield, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I could could wish list everything I want to see for World Eaters for ages, but... One thing I, I'm really looking forward to is like a Terminator version of Worldy oh. um, Zuckers. And that was that was the uh, Karanak the Hound of Engines in the background there. Um, <laughs> so I had to mute myself there. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if you'd give us an exit there, Dave. <laughs> certainly, certainly. So that wraps up this week's news. And for our next segment, we're going to be taking a slightly different pace as we head into Middle Earth and the latest Warhammer Online preview. We'll be right back. 
a lot of the big flashing news tends to involve 40k or aos or more recently the horus heresy but there is another game system that games workshop do that quietly has been ticking along nicely in the background um, but it's about to have a bit more of attention. Uh, and this is thanks to the latest Warhammer Online preview, which happened this last Sunday. And that is the Middle Earth strategy battle game. Now, I'm probably the worst person to lead this segment because I actually don't really play Middle Earth. But I know a couple of people. <laughs> I know a couple of people that do. Um, and that is, in fact, all three of you guys. And um, you all yeah. really enjoy Middle Earth. So I'm going to let you uh take us through this map um and i'll try and chip in where i can yeah so like you say middle of strategy yeah like you say the middle of strategy battle game has been going for a while now 21 years i want to say if you believe it which is a depressing amount of time um but yeah it's um it was the first like third mainline game from games Workshop alongside warhammer and 40k and they went for kind of a, a, a different rule system with you know alternating activations and uh, you know a, a different kind of like feel to the game than than, than 40k Warhammer. it's very much its own thing and that even came down to the scale of the miniatures which was a smaller scale than the kind of heroic scale of um of the kind of the other mainline games and can you believe it? It's, it's not been through that many editions, really. We had those initial releases based around the movies, and when the movies were done, we kind of had an updated rule set that kind of brought all that together. Roll on a couple of years, and the Hobbit movies came out, and for some, for one reason or another, the I think the prices of the Hobbit stuff was was quite a lot more than the equivalent back in the the Lord of the Rings days. And one of the good things about Lord of the Rings was being able to get into the game quite cheaply because you had the uh, the magazine where you had, you know, miniatures every month. Uh, and you also could pick up, like, a box of 24 Gondor warriors for, like, 15 quid or something, couldn't you? Um, so it was quite cheap to get into it. And when The Hobbit came out, a lot of the kits were very, very expensive. Um, and... I don't think the game did terribly well. Now, I'm going to say controversial thing here. The the movies weren't as great as Lord of the Rings either, were they? Let's face it. Oh, I don't know. I compared agree. to Lord of the Rings, compared to Lord of the Rings, the Hob- there's good moments in The Hobbit, but they've got nothing on the original trilogy. I feel like I agree. <laughs> and I think that contributed to the game not being maybe as popular as Game of Virtual. Before, I'd also right? say that the, the best sort of sequences in the Hobbit trilogy were in the extended edition. I mean, that they were. film for all the Frozen River thing. Oh man, the, the Twirly Whirlies or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we had a, a big release for the Hobbit, and unfortunately, the Super Duper Limited Edition starter set with an exclusive Radagast never actually sold out which was a sign of maybe the game didn't sell quite as well as they intended. And things went very, very quiet on the Middle Earth point, to the point where I think at one point it was on life support. And I think behind the scenes, a few things changed. Specialist games came back in a big way. The the Forge World Studio pretty much picked up, picked up the mantle to produce all these smaller games. So, you know, Sanicus, Necromunda, Blood Bowl, and the Middle Earth strategy battle game kind of fell under that. In kind of reinvigorating the hobby, 
they released the Pelena Fields box, which was a a 40k or AOS style starter box, I think it's safe to say, with a hardback rule book and two massive armies for a very discounted price. And seeing how quickly events sell out now for Middle Earth, I think that has given the game a real shot in the arm. People have got back into it with a brand new edition, loads of miniatures. And and can you believe it? That was like four or five years ago now. Mm. It, it only feels like five minutes ago, but yeah, years have passed since that came out. And while other games have had new editions and stuff, uh, Middle Earth hasn't. And I think it was maybe the time for Middle Earth to get something new. So in the preview show, they showed off Battle of Iskiliath, which is the new starter box for the Middle Earth strategy battle game, uh, based around the, um, the the kind of skirmish between Gothmog and his orcs and Faramir in the forces of Gondor in the ruins of Osgiliath. Um, and this box looks really cool. There's, there's, uh, reading the Great British Hobbit, Hobbit League, there's been some very, very mixed opinions online. Um, we'll go through what's in the box and then we'll have a bit of a round table on what we kind of think of this. So first of all, you get two armies like you did in Pelina Fields. So 27 miniatures on the good side. You get three new plastic miniatures for Faramir, Madril and Damrod. They all look amazing. Now, on Warcom, they're pictured with masonry and stuff, but the kit actually includes alternate parts to have them in the woodland as well, if you want it like Faramir and his rangers. So the guy who's like jumping over masonry, there's actually an alternate bit of wood that you can have him jumping over a uh, like a tree trunk or something instead. That's which is an amazing design so you can like theme your miniatures around on how they're done so they're really really cool you also get 12 warriors of ministry and 12 rangers of gondor now these are the classic models that have been uh, what 18 19 years old now mm. but I, I don't know they've still got some charm to them it would have been quite nice to see them use this opportunity to update some of these older plastic kits now, the good side total is £53.50, so that's not, that's not bad going. They're fighting against the uh, the forces of Gothmog. Gothmog's got a brand new miniature with him on foot and on his warg. Uh, it looks really, really nice. If you've built the resin one, it's an abomination. And I To be uh, fair, so is Gothmog. So is Gothmog, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> the, the problem with Gothmog, you don't know, if, you don't yeah. know if it's just Finecast being a bit dodgy or if it's actually his face. So maybe Gothmog's a good one to do in Finecast because it doesn't look odd if he's got bits of uh, kind of mould and stuff chunked in his face. Uh, but the new plastic kit will be, I'm sure, a massive improvement on that. You also get 24 orcs and a Mordor troll as well. So that stuff would be £81 if you bought it separately as well. Now... The most exciting thing for me, and you know, I'm the terrain guy, I love this, is the new uh, terrain in the box. And I think a lot of people have written this off, thinking it's like, you remember when the original um, Return of the King set, I want to say, came out, and you got some, you know, corner ruins that were just like two pieces that stuck together? These are fully, fully modular Osgiliath um, scenery kits. If you look at the pictures closely, you can see. Each piece, so the, the door's one piece, the piece with two windows is one piece, the ruined bit is one piece, is then joined by pillars that glue two adjacent pieces together. That's the way Ray designed the a lot of the Lord of the Rings kits. So that 
means you could just build this using intact pieces and build a fully intact Gondor building. Or you can use the ruin bits to make kind of like the bombed out ruins. So while initially this looks like just like four L-shaped buildings, you could, with enough kit, and I'm sure they will release a big kit, because again, for all the Middle-earth releases they've done this, put together an intact Gondor board, mm. which is super exciting. Um, on the stream, I mentioned that, you know, you can get this as big or as wide as you want, and you'll get, like, you know, th there's enough in the box to do four different pieces. I I really like this, and I don't think it's got enough, enough love, and I can't wait to see the, the pieces in person, because I think you could do some really cool stuff with it. So I, I've approximated that as £45. That's the price of the Dolgor Door kit. Um, I think you get a similar amount of stuff there. You also get an updated rules manual. So this isn't a new edition of the game. It's more of a 0.5 edition. So what they've done is taken all the FAQs and erratas and stuff and fixed them all. So if you've got the old rule book, that's fine. You can still use that in conjunction with the FAQs. But this new reprinted one fixes all the stuff that needed tweaking or rewording. So that's really cool. And then like with all the other starter boxes from Games Workshop, you also get a battle for Eskiliath kind of supplement that has all the profiles for everything in the box and some scenarios to play through. I really, really like this box. From a for a monetary point of view, the contents comes to £217. I don't know what the retail price of this is going to be. If it's around £105, you're getting double the value. I do wonder if they'll try and keep it sub £100. With all the of being very old. So, yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think? Is this... Dave, so for someone who's not really got into Lord of the Rings, but you did have a Gondor army at some point, would this be something that would tempt you back in? Yes, absolutely. So when I first saw it straight away, I was like, well, that's me back in Middle Earth, isn't it? And then <laughs> I kind of pulled away again and thought, you know, I'm into enough Warhammer sub-games. The problem with me in Lord of the Rings is the scale. Um, I think I would find them very tricky to paint. I have to say, Dave, right, that I actually find the smaller scale to be easier to paint because the faces, the hands are much smaller. You can, I find them much easier to paint because, well, it, they're very easy to highlight and that's it. You know, a base colour, a wash and a, a, a tiny dab of a highlight on the well, raised edges are very, very simple. What I was going to continue then to say is uh, I'm saying that and... You know, I haven't got a Lord of the Rings model to compare them with, but then I'm looking down at my storm vermin and I'm thinking, mm. I'm painting rats. They're probably on par with these guys now. So I'm, I'm still starting to think, actually, hmm, maybe I do want to get back into this. So um, I, I really like it. I mean, it's perfect for me because I'm a big fan of like the Rangers look uh, and, and, and the original. Uh, Faramir um, and uh, Damrod models I really liked. I was just put off by the fact that they were metal, so I'm not a big fan of metal models. I, as I'm talking, I'm kind of talking myself more and more into actually I think I might have to pick <laughs> up this box because I'm looking at them again now and they're, they're just ace. They're, they're just really good. Even going over to the Orcs, like Gothmog is a superb model, especially the one on the Warg. Um and even though the classic orcs and, and, and you know that that troll's been around for a little while, 
that's still very cool as well. So um, I think this is a great box, in short. Yeah, I mean, it's got less miniatures in than the Pell in the Fields one, but it's got enough scenery for the battlefield. And I think that's a key thing that's missing in a lot of these boxes. 40k and AOS have addressed this by having the, you've kind of got the big collector's box designed for existing players. And then you've got the starter boxes with like scenery in them. And I don't know, I just say if you and a friend wanted to get into the game, you've got two sets of dice in different colors. You've got two armies, all the tokens, the full rule book, the full profiles and the uh, the buildings, arguably the only thing that you miss is a plane surface. And for Lord of the Rings, you can play on quite a small footprint as well. It does come with a map, though, doesn't it? It does not come with a map. I do not believe it comes with a map. Okay. It's pictured well, on a board it's... to show off the, the stuff, but it isn't mentioned in the thing. I may be wrong there, but I don't believe it does come with a map. Um, if it does, amazing. And completely ignore what I've just said. But I don't believe it does. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. Now, what's interesting about this box is Games Workshop seem to be experimenting with how they do pre-orders. One of the criticisms that we've had of Games Workshop in the past is that a lot of these boxes are very, very popular and they tend to sell out very quickly. Now, while these starter boxes like this aren't limited release, it was very much the often that you'd feel like if you weren't on the Games Workshop website refreshing at 10 a.m., you probably weren't going to get one for release day, were you, for a lot of these? Um, yeah. Certainly stuff like Indomitus, that's a lot saw it really quickly. So they're doing things a little bit different. This box doesn't come out until Christmas. It's a big Christmas release. Uh, obviously, anniversary of Lord of the Rings, because all the films were released at Christmas as well. Rather than just having it up for pre-order the week before it goes up, pre-orders open from the 10th to the 26th of September. If you order it during that period, you are guaranteed one in December when the game comes out. And then a week before the release in December, they'll do their standard pre-order, first come, first served, and you can buy it in the shop as normal on the release day. I think that is an amazing change. And I wonder if Games Workshop are testing the waters with this. And obviously that involves revealing the stuff a little bit earlier than they used to. But we've started to see that over the last year. The the Dawnbringer Crusades probably aren't out till next year, but we've already seen bits. The World Eaters we've seen ages before release. The Sisters of Battle, the Leagues of Votan. I think Games Workshop are opening up to showing us stuff that's out in six, nine, twelve months, and it's not going to make us not buy that product when it comes out, especially with all the leaks and stuff that we get now as well. Yeah, I I think um, the mentality was that people would not buy something because they knew next month there was going to be insert shiny thing X, whereas they've realised that that us Warhammer geeks will just get it anyway and then buy the next (laughs) next month as well. So um, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I I think it makes perfect sense. What do you think of the, 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 the... Do you think it's more like kind of video games have had a pre-order quite a while before release? And I think that will take a lot of the stress and the fear of missing out FOMO, you know, that that you sometimes get from some of these releases where actually I've got like a two and a half week period where if I order it during then, I'm guaranteed to get one. So there's no stress. I don't know, Andy and uh, Jay, would you prefer that rather than the frantic 10 a.m. refreshing the DJW website? So definitely. However, <laughs> I really like seeing stuff in advance. 
but like, oh man, it's killing me this wait for the leagues of Votan. <laughs> like, you know, it's like the Luminef when we saw the stuff, and that, obviously Luminef was all delays, wasn't it? But with the Votan, obviously they've got a schedule. I'm like, oh man. The other, um, the other thing it reminds me of is back in the day when you'd get um, White Dwarf would show you, you know, these are the models that are coming out over the next three or four months. It was, you know, so it's, yeah, yeah. I, I think I prefer this way overall. Yeah, I, I think it's good. Now, how this works with like you know influencers like us, I don't know. You know, will will we see it in September when it goes up for pre-order, or will we see it in December when it's nearer to to general release? That's a biggie as well, because arguably, you know, the the reason that GW sends, you know, websites like us stuff is to get people hyped up to kind of pre-order the stuff. So it's 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 uncharted territory, really, isn't it, of how it works for everybody? Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm all up for it. I I think. It, <laughs> It's good. I'd rather be able to, and again, for spreading the cost of stuff as well, knowing this comes out in December, which is obviously you know, an expensive month, you can maybe budget a bit early that you're going to be dropping £100 in this big box, you know, three months ahead of release. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so I think that's a good thing. Um, now, another good thing that we've seen is battle hosts. So for, um, for 40k, for Age of Sigmar, we've always had bundle boxes we can get an army in a box at a discounted price. And that we've talked about this before on the show that that's one of the real barriers to getting into the Middle Earth strategy battle game that there isn't really, apart from like Pelina Fields or the Uskiliath box that's coming out, you can't just go in and pick up a box that contains an army. And it looks like Games Workshop have kind of acted on this and, and brought out boxes of miniatures that contain an entire force and all of the rules to use the army as well without having to buy the um the big hardback books as well so for middle earth they're calling them battle hosts and they've got four of them so there's a mordor one that has the witch king it has a load of orcs it's got wild riders all the stuff in there separately would cost 74 pound 50 they've got an isengard one that's got uh worm tongue and saruman uh some uruk high scout some uruk high in there um so an awful lot of miniatures, 48 in there. That one would cost £81 if you bought it separately. They've got the one that I really like, the Minister Eath one, which has got Gandalf, Pippin, some Minister Eath knights, and those Minister Eath warriors. Again, that'd be £79.50 if you bought it all separately. And then they've got a Rohan box, which has got Aemir, it's got some Riders of Rohan, and some Rohan warriors, and that'd be £74.50. I'm going to make a stab in the dark and put the price of these boxes around 40 to 50 pounds. If they were, say, 45 in the middle of that, I think that is an absolute bargain. You're basically getting the character free and you're getting those admittedly older miniatures at a discount. Um, the kind of cherry on top is the fact that you get a download with all of the rules for everything including the core rules for the Middle Earth strategy battle game as well. With the logic being that two players could, I don't know, Andy, you pick up the Rohan box, I pick up the Orc box, and we can immediately play a game of the Middle Earth strategy battle game needing nothing more than the contents of these two boxes. Um, yeah, what, what do we think? I, 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 for one, think this is awesome. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's not enough pointy ears there for a start. Now they did. They did um, say this is just this is maybe testing the waters, and we might see other races get released after this. Yeah, as a as a concept, I think it's brilliant. And like, I mean, 
any one of those four battle boxes is quite tempting, I think. Like an army in a box. I, I really like it. And the download bit as well. That's I didn't realise that. That's really appealing. Yeah, it's, it's something that you've kind of like pointed to in the past that in in the past, it wouldn't just be this box you'd need to buy. You'd need to buy the core book at like £37 and then Armies of the Lord of the Rings at £35. Suddenly your, your £40, £50 starter box is a lot more expensive than that. The fact that it's got the core rules and the profiles in there as well is such a good idea. And you know what? You'll eventually want to buy the book, won't you, to add other units to the army. But if you're just starting out, say, you know, your, your boys, Jay, if they decided to pick up Middle-earth, that's... I guess more Proudest pocket money prices. Of my life. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But that's more pocket money prices for somebody new to the hobby to give it a go without being intimidated by, well, here's the three books you need to buy and, you know, all yeah. the stuff that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, looking at these boxes, I'm, I mean, first off, my only slight criticism is that because they've put name characters in there, the, the, uh, it doesn't really appeal to me to buy multiples of these boxes. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't deter me from from buying them. I mean, looking at like the Minister from, for example, you get Gandalf, Pippin, some knights, warriors of Minister. You know, the only thing you're really missing from like a 500 point, 600 point army is probably the Minister of Commanders set, where you get a captain, a banner, and a warhorn. You know. Yeah, and you know what? When when the game first came out. I would convert one of the guys into a banner bearer, convert one into a captain. Arguably for the number of models in the warbands, you're probably going to be over like warband caps, aren't you? So you might just need to paint like one of the guys differently and use him as a captain, which for someone starting out is great. And they can always upgrade that model to a proper one later, can't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm looking at this and I'm looking for the, I'm looking at the Battle of, uh, Battle of Oscillia <laughs> box. I'm thinking... Well, there's your Ministerial Army complete. Um, yeah. I, I, and then I'd probably get a couple of the Isengard boxes. So I've got, I've gone from not playing it to, to having a complete army. And now I'm thinking I need to have an evil army as well and get a couple of Isengard <laughs> boxes. Um, but yeah, I think they're great starter boxes. Um, and I absolutely can see where you're coming from cost-wise, man. I mean, we don't, we don't know for definite that that's going to be the price point, but it'd be absolutely spot on if it is. I, I think you'll get like double value in the box. Majority of these boxes are, you know, some of them are 20 year old models. So I think there'll be a considerable discount in them. I'm saying 45 conservative estimate, but it wouldn't surprise me if they come out at 40 pounds just because it'd be a real shot in the arm for the, for the game. You know, mm. a lot of people pick up these boxes. They know how to play the game straight away. So you pick up the ministry one natural progression is pick up that Askiliath box, isn't it? You've got yeah. the core rule book then, and you're like, oh, well, you know, if I pick up the, the, the armies of the Lord of the Rings book, and then, oh, what if I do a, a Rohan force alongside this? And it, it and that's the plan, isn't it? It's, it's to get you into the game and get you spending more money. But that's not been an option for Lord of the Rings, has it? And it's a little bit intimidating no. where your minimum purchase really has been two rule books, a character, and a couple of boxes of troops, which for someone just walking in off the street, it's a lot to take on board, isn't it? Rather than here's a box, you you can now play this game, which a lot of rival games companies do, don't they? Like Infinity, for example, Jay, that's very much their kind of marketing thing, really. Each big mm. release is a big box with an army in, and then you buy yeah. the blisters and stuff add to it. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, fully approve of this. And um, 
again, I, I assume if it goes well, we'll see these for the other factions as well. And elf ones are no brainer. Now, speaking of elves, we did see some uh, pointy eared stuff on the preview and a load of new resin models from Forge World that are up for pre order on Saturday. So we had Glorfindel, who is. Uh... Jay, you, you converted up Glorfindel, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I've got I've got a bunch of Glorfindel models um, where he's wearing like they're old models, old metal models where he's wearing the the sort of um, cloth armor rather than his his, his um, you know proper plate armor. Um, and then I recently converted a mounted armored Glorfindel as well. Um, and oh man, yeah, I'm so happy to see a new Glorfindel model. I think the mounted one's my favourite with the horse rearing up and his cloak sweeping out behind him and he just looks epic, doesn't he? Yeah, well, I actually I so actually much. prefer the one on foot. Do you? Oh, I really like that stance, yeah. I, I actually prefer Elrond over both of these. Oh, well, I think well, this, this sort of part spoilers. Back, <laughs> <laughs> the, where you sort of, um, I don't know, like, where, I mean, Glorfindel's one of my favourite characters from the Lord of the Rings books, so I've got the attachment from that side. And then you sort of like, I think we've talked about this in the past where you're drawn to a model, not just because of the sculpt or the paint job, but because of all the background and history and story behind that model as well. And that character, I think, I think there's an element of that here. I, I've, I, but I love him. I mean, yeah, I, I can't wait to, I, this guy's up for pre-order when that is quite soon, isn't yeah, it? He's up for pre-order on Saturday, this coming Saturday. Yeah, there we go. So possibly even Friday with it being Forge World. So uh, get your wallet out, Jay. <laughs> um, speaking of also up for pre-order imminently, are uh, Rumil and Orofin, who are the brothers of Haldir, who I've not <coughs> heard of. I, I assume they're in like a footnote in the book, but they, um, they've they got new models to represent them. And, you know, extra hero models is always cool. I'm not convinced with the pose of, is it Rumil, the guy with the two swords? I think he could look a bit more sleek. I like the guy with the shield and sword. He's cool. I liked, I mean, I don't know if you watched the preview at the weekend, but I like the way that they said the the the, the person who designed the, the rules for these models. Had, there's almost like a, 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 a um, you've got the three brothers held here as well that represent different aspects of elven warfare. Um, okay. So you've got the offensive nature of the guy with the shield. You've got the more offensive nature with the, with the elf with the two blades. And then you've got Halder who who can fire twice with his bow and sort of represents the ranged aspects of elven warfare. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so th- so these guys lead the uh, the guards of the Galadrim court, who I believe have had old, old uh, fine cast models in the past, but they've now got new Forge World ones. And I really like these guys as well. It's like kind of, I guess last alliance style armor a bit. Uh, the, um, if you banners. remember, yeah, if you remember when um, the Helm's Deep um, sort of sets came out, there were metal um, Galadrim warriors with bows and metal Galadrim warriors. I believe they had got some, I think, with spears and shields as well. And they were really nice. And they had this armor style. And this plastic sort of sculpt is basically a sort of revised version of that. Uh, I have to say, I don't know. The proportions on the fe- the heads, I, I'm not a massive... I think I prefer the metal ones, but maybe the metal ones aren't as realistic looking, whereas these guys are, so... Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's 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 the sweet spot, isn't it, between, like, cartoony proportions mm. and having them realistic, and 
Lord of the Rings normally gets that spot on. Um, I, I like these. I particularly like the Banner Bear as well. I think he looks really cool. Yeah, Banner Bear um, is nice. So, yeah, I like these. So they, these are all from Forge World. Um, but coming in plastic is uh, Elrond in an absolutely awesome looking model. This is plastic. Oh, I didn't realize this was plastic. I thought I, this was... I'm going to... Um... I'm going to side with Andy here. I kept quiet and didn't have any spoilers. But <laughs> this guy, this is the elf for me. Well, he's the only elf that I've been really excited about and might consider yeah. buying. What, what I really yeah. like about this, for the, for the original kind of releases for Lord of the Rings, the, the mounted on on foot version were essentially the same model, just on a horse, where the pose and the, like, the really aggressive face that Elrond's got on his horse... It's so cool. And again, it's a plastic kit. I think for, for plastic heroes, I think Middle Earth have knocked mm. out of the park, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got really the... Cool. Um, this guy also uh, comes with a banner bearer as well. In the same box. Oh, that's a plastic banner bearer. Yeah, plastic mm. banner bearer comes in the same box as Elrond. Wow. And I really like this plastic one because this, where I think the difference between the, the Rivendell elves and the, um, the um, Galadrium elves... Uh, I've got a lot of the old metal Rivendell Blast Alliance elves as well with the spears and shields and the plastic archers and spear um, swords. And they almost look identical to the to, to this plastic one here with, with the the standard so that this guy is going to fit in really well against the, the sort of, and like you say, that's like a 20 year old range now. Yeah, it's uh, it's just incredible. I mean, all the plastics have been incredible. It wouldn't surprise me. Now, obviously, all those kits that we've saw have been a plastic hero set and a couple of plastic kits. So it wouldn't surprise me if this ends up in one of those battle hosts at some point in the future. Um, now, I guess the, the the main thing in this kind of Middle Earth section is, yes, all the new heroes are cool. What do we think of those old classic models still being in the range for the for the basic infantry that's going to take up the bulk of your army? My two cents is that, and I this is coming from somebody who hasn't played Middle Earth <laughs> for what twenty odd years, twenty five years. Um, you, you you obviously have your worries. You don't. The point I'm trying to start with is that you don't have many models when you have games of most games of Lord of the Rings. So you might have, say, 10 or 15 um, Warriors of Gondor. But the games of Middle Earth really focus on those heroes that you see in the films. Um, And I can absolutely understand why they're putting this massive emphasis on the heroes, because when I watch the Lord of the Rings. I'm not watching what that Gondor <laughs> warrior is doing. I'm watching what Aragorn's doing. Do you see what I mean? I think I can see why they're concentrating so much on these hero characters. Yeah. That said, the bulk of your army is those warriors, though. You, you think you've, you, your army is made up of warbands, so you'll have a couple of characters, and then each of those characters will have their own warband of, of miniatures. And I just think it'd be nice to see, especially the really, really old ones. Some of them still stand up and are fine, but some of the old ones are a little, little bit dated now. Like the, you've got the the, the 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 men and the elves in the original box are still current kits now, and they're so old, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I mean, you look at the Riders of Rohan, and 
they come the, the, the horse actually comes with like a circle plastic peg but the bases that you got in the uh, battle for pelinor fields box set they were hexagonal pegs so it didn't didn't really fit you had to sort of drill your own holes and stuff like that and then you look at like a lot of the new plastic uh, miniatures on horses and stuff and they've got at least two hooves connecting to the base and like building um Fielden, uh, the mounted version of Fielden, as soon as you put that hexagonal peg on the bottom of a hoop and put it into the base, it's so super sturdy and it goes together really well. Whereas with like the riders of Rohan, if you make that hole ever so slightly too wide, all of a sudden your 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 rider of Rohan is tilting to the side. You've got a wonky donkey, is what a you've wonky got, donkey, Andy. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I'd, I'd I'd love to see some of those older infantry kits put into plastic. Um, I understand why you know, I've got a limited like sprue budget for it, and like you said, Dave, the, I guess one of the main appeals for someone walking off the street is awesome. That's a miniature of Gandalf or the the three hunters, and that's where the real draw is for collectors, I guess. Um, we're, we're getting through a lot of these characters now. I'd like to think at some point we get updated last alliance elves for example uh, can i can i throw a little bit of something in here which characters would you like to see redone in either plastic or resin now Ooh, which characters would you like to see redone um plastic sauron okay okay andy um i'm gonna say boromir but as a honorable mention riders of rohan Okay, Jay. Whoa, that's a tricky one. I think um, some of the old um, Kazadum dwarfs. Okay, okay. I'd really like to see a new plastic Aragorn the King on foot and mounted. Oh, that that's is what a good I'd shout. Really like. That's what I'd really like. That if if that happened, I'm going to tell you guys right now that'd be me in. I'd be in. <laughs> I'd be in. <laughs> takes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was a pretty good reveal. It's it's a shame we were kind of like speculating, oh, what if they re-release the old Helm's Deep terrain? Sadly, that's not happening. But with enough plastic frames, hopefully, I can build um, Gondor, Minister Eth, out of plastic sprues. Yeah. It's gonna be done. Yeah. If enough people jump on board with the Battle of Skillia for these battle hosts, Matt, maybe you'll get that Helm's Deep in a year or two's time. Maybe. Maybe. Excellent. So that is the middle of preview. There was quite a bit there to digest, but the question remains, what were our picks from that reveal? So we're going to take another slight pause. I'm going to come back with this week's top three. So keep listening. So it is time for this week's top three. And seeing as we've been talking about the Middle Earth online preview, it's only fitting that we pick out our favourite reveals from that show. So, um, yeah, where do we start? We'll start with the guy who was absent uh, last week. Let's start with you, Jay. What was your top three reveals from this online preview? So it was really cool to see a whole preview devoted to the, the Middle Earth. Um, I think the most exciting thing for me, number three, was the army sort of battle host box sets that we get. Um, and I think, like, you know, Matt, Matt suggested potentially we'll see other factions expanding Maria Goblins, Dwarves, Elves. 
it'd be really cool i think that's a great way for you know you could we often do sort of like challenges don't we in battle box challenges and this seems to me to be the perfect sort of setup for that kind of thing so that's well, my number these, three check they're out soonish according to the stream whether the, the escalator box is out in december these are on the, on the horizon so i'm i'm definitely up for picking up one of these i've kind of got my eyes on the uh the uh ministry box any any, any of you guys up for a bit of a uh middle earth painting challenge uh yes <laughs> I'll ask you which box you're getting, Andy, but it'll be all four of them, <laughs> won't it? Uh, I, I've, I've been tempted to go for the Mordor sort of side Mordor, of it. Mordor, nice. Okay, well, I might... I was... I might... Oh, go on, Dave. No, go on, Jay. I was going to say, I, I, I really want to get some Rivendell Elves painted up, so I might try and build my own version of the box, because I've got a load of Rivendell Knights, I've got a load of um, Rivendell Warriors, and I could, yeah, I the could easily like throw in a hero plastic two boxes. Hero. Yeah, exactly, and, uh, and and do that myself without you know. Cause I, I, I've got I've got the plastic sitting behind me on the shelves, so. Well, pick a bell, Rond, and two <clears> plastic that, boxes. Yeah. You've kind of got the right stuff then. Yeah, yeah. I um completely done a U-turn on this podcast, haven't I? Um, <laughs> I, there's there's two boxes that appeal to. Dave's me. now got a um, Lord of the Rings tattoo. Yeah. Well, Let's, just to be clear, I loved the Lord of the Rings. It was it was the scale of the models that really put me off, but. Maybe I need to paint a Lord of the Rings model. Um, for, for, if we were to do a challenge, I would be tempted to do one of two boxes, either the Minister if one, because I've always been a big fan of the Gondor Warriors, um, or an Isengard one. I really like the Urukai. I really like Saruman and, and Grima Wormtongue. So it'd probably one of those two for me. But what 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 um it depends on how soon is soon, Matt. Uh, for two reasons. Yeah. One, my poor old wallet, and uh, number two uh, is my current a mass of rats that I've got to paint before October. Yeah, get cracking on those, Dave. They, they those need doing. There weren't many rats in um, Middle Earth, I don't think. <laughs> Not one certainly one anyway. There wasn't no. Okay. Um, my second choice has to be. Um, I, I really love these sort of um, hero boxes as well that have come out. I mean, and especially the Rivendell one. Two versions of Elrond and my favourite model from that set, the um, the Banner Bearer. You know, I just think it's incredible. Um, I can't wait to add to add that particular model to my Rivendell force. Um, and then finally, my, my number one choice, it has to be Glorfindel himself wow I, i'm so i can't tell you when we when i saw this guy previewed i, I just was not expecting a, a glorfindel model to be to because to be fair he doesn't feature in the films um uh, his his, nice his own part the um the the, the games workshop stuff they've got the license for the films and the books which yeah. is pretty unique as far as licensed middle earth stuff goes yeah it's really great and that of course that's why we saw like models like tom bombadil and things like that mm. um so yeah so i just was not expect just came out of blue do you just get like completely like blindsided by something and you just can't help but feel really really excited about it because just we're not expecting it just blew my expectations away um this guy if he goes sort of a period on friday or, or this saturday i'll definitely be purchasing purchasing glorfindel excellent um for me uh my third choice uh is going to be elrond um i, I probably won't ever have um a Rivendell um well potentially um but I would like to pick up Elrond at some point because I think both him on foot and especially mounted 
superb sculpts. Um, such a nice model. And the fact and it's an plastic, iconic character as well. An iconic character as well. And it's plastic. So, yeah, I absolutely would like to to pick one of these up if I did get back into Lord of the Rings. Um, my second choice is those battle host boxes, in particular the ones I've mentioned, the Isengard and Minas Tirith. I just think that's what Lord of the Rings needed. Matt, you covered it perfectly. It's get into Lord of the Rings or get into Middle Earth, as I should be really correctly saying. Um, it's exactly what the game needed. And I think the, the balance really well as well with the models that you get in there. Um, you've got a really nice starting force and you've got a cool hero to paint as well. Um, so that's really cool. Um, my top choice, though, I mean, these three could have been a top three all of their own right. Um, the Battle of Gil- uh, ba- the Battle of Osgiliath box set is amazing value. But, you know, we don't know the price yet, but it looks like some amazing value. But what really swings it for me is those three brand new plastic Ranger heroes. So we've got Damrod, we've got Madrill, and my particular favourite is Faramir. All superb poses. I didn't I didn't notice the different scenery, Matt. I mean, I personally would probably go for the, the masonry ones, but the fact that you've also got the options to swap them out for more of a woodland, uh, like the lock and stuff, fire made jumping over, it is an absolute bonus. I would be tempted to get this box purely for those three models because I think they're absolutely superb. Um, Andy, what about you? What's your what's your top three? Uh, so mine's very similar to yours actually. Um, my third choice has to be Elrond. Um, simply because. He, he is such an iconic character from Middle Earth. And like I said, when I saw this model, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I kind of want to build and paint that, which I don't really say about a lot of elf models, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to pick this guy up so I can play through the Fall of a Necromancer campaign mm. with him mm. as, a, as a plus plastic character. So, and the fact that you get a banner bearer in in the box as well well every army is going to need a banner bearer so having a plastic one again is 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 so good and it's something that i hope they do with other factions going forward um my second choice has to be the start collecting boxes the um, battle host boxes um simply because of the fact that it is such a good factions um to start off with which is great to see and then my first choice has to be well i've got this model built and painted i painted it during uh lockdown a couple of years ago and it's gothmog so looking at gothmog don't get me wrong we joked about him early in the podcast about um yeah the fine cast version being a bit uh, but yeah looking at this i think this has to be the most realistic model I've seen in a very long time. And the Finecast Warg, it had like um, a Rider of Rohan on the base and there's no way of getting around that. For me, that kind of ruined the model a little bit. And seeing the new mounted version, 
oh my days yeah like i mean that's a reason to buy that runes of a skillif box set just there so yeah i'm definitely gonna be picking up uh gothmog to add I, to my mordor army i love andy that that the horrifically ugly looking orc on a warg is your vote for the most realistic model in the box <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though <laughs> Excellent. Well, I just leaves one more member of the team uh, to reveal their top three, and that is you, Matt. Well, no surprises here. I and mean, this is the first time we've... It's pretty much been a consensus on the show for the top three, really, hasn't it? So number three is the Battle House. As I said earlier, it's it's what's been missing in Middle-earth, getting people into the game, especially if it's at that 40 to £50 pound price tag. I think a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily play Middle-earth will pick these up. And, and the fact that the rules are included is the other big thing. I'd love to see them do that for stock collecting boxes where you get, a, you know, you know, not the whole codex for free, but enough to play with the models that you've got. I think that's really, really cool. Uh, number two is Elrond. I'm going to go for a, a different track on Elrond to all three of you guys who also said Elrond because he's amazing. Uh, and I like this guy because he is in his second age armor. And I would do a second age Battle of the Last Alliance elf army with mm. this model of my leader. Yeah, those those old elves are really, really old, but I'm pretty sure I've got the contents of the original Fellowship of the Ring box, which would make an excellent little war band for Elrond to lead. Um, and again, the, the banner bearer is just incredible. I think I've got Gil-Galad tomorrow as well, so yeah. I'm, I'm doing a second age army. And especially... The Rings of Power starts, what, in a few weeks on Amazon? Mm. Surely, surely Games Workshop are going to have some Second Age adjacent stuff going on. Yeah, that'd be cool. So even if it's not related to Rings of Power, just coincidentally, here's some Second Age stuff. Armoured Galadriel. Yeah, yeah, Armoured Galadriel. There's lots of stuff they could do. Um, So even if they redid those old plastic... Last Alliance elves in resin, I'd happily buy them as well. Yeah, I mean the 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 the, the old plastic Last Alliance, the bows and the swords are a bit longer the teeth now. But I've got a bunch of the metal spear mm. um, elves with the shield, and they're brilliant. I really like them. And the yeah. Rivendell knights as well are, are sort of wearing that same style armor, but plastic, so they're a more recent sculpt. It is really just that the, the old basic infantry, the bow and the sword, that they need to refresh, perhaps. Yeah, you know, even if it's two Forge World blisters with swords and the, the bows, mm. just to refresh the range. Of... Yeah, it's going to cost a little bit more than your plastic kits, but they look really nice. And you've still got the plastic box as an option for, you know, doing it on the cheap. Uh, yeah. My number one choice, of course, is the Osgiliath box. While it's got less miniatures in it than Pelina Fields, I'm really digging the multi-part terrain. The fact that each of those tiles is separate and joined together, there's loads of cool kit bashing and stuff you can do with that. And again, props for an updated rule book with the FAQs amended rather than a whole new edition of the game. At the end of the day, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I think there's been times in the past in other editions of other games where did we really need a big shift in the rules? You know, if if the rules work and there's a few tweaks that they found during tournaments and stuff, brilliant. Errata them in the printed book and then, you know, you, you, you're set, aren't you? So, yeah, I think on the whole an amazing preview show and i'm really excited to play some middle earth yeah, yeah me too excellent um well there are choices 
they're the reveals that we liked. It's time to open the floor to the community for their top three picks. And it's also the final segment of this week's podcast. So one last break and we'll be right back. So it is time for the final segment of this week's podcast. It's time to reveal the community top three picks. Uh, just the one over on Facebook this week, and that is courtesy of Nathaniel. Uh, he has gone for Elrond, really tempted to start a Rivendell Elves army now. Ditto, Nathaniel, ditto. His second choice is Faramir. What a dynamic sculpt, leaping into action over some runes. Amazing. Again, couldn't agree more. And his top choice, the whole battle for Oskiliath box. One awesome new starter box and may have may have to get this just to bolster my already huge Gondor army. Matt, what do we have over on Twitter? On Twitter, Nevermore says Elrond, the two elf brothers and Gothmog. I'm not usually big on elves, but I really like the armor design and colors of Rivendell. You know what? I, I hate to admit it, but I do too. Uh, Christy Teach says Glorfindel on horse, Glorfindel on foot and Elrond. Okay, and Baal the Dwarf King says Glorfindel, Elrond, and the new Faramir. Yeah, it's I I I hate to admit it, guys, but I really like those new elf models. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all gonna get Elrond. <laughs> yeah, I think we are. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Um, thank you guys for submitting your top threes, Matt. I have to ask the question at this point. What is next week's top three? Well, back before the release of the Horus Heresy Age of Darkness box, we asked what kind of Space Marine units you'd like to see in plastic, and that went down really well. With us getting the Mechanicum book uh, for pre-order next week, I wanted to widen that out to what three Horus Heresy models from any range would you like to see in plastic? You can get your choices in early via our social media channels or alternatively on the Sunday or Monday before we record, we will be popping a message onto Facebook and Twitter asking for your top threes. You can simply just reply to that and we'll read as many as we can on next week's show. But for episode 197, I believe that is us finished um guys. Uh, it's been another fun one and great to have a Middle Earth centered one as well. Yeah, we we often have a Middle Earth episode. It's been nice to uh, nerd out about Lord of the Rings, hasn't it? Absolutely. We all just said before uh, recording this final segment that we we all might just have to go and watch Lord of the Rings all weekend. I know I suddenly feel ill and feel like I should have a, a Lord of the Rings marathon tomorrow. Um, and also, we've got Ring of Power, like you said, Matt, on the horizon as well. So, mm. yeah, lots of, um, lots of inspiration to get those Middle Earth armies done. But for now, that is us for another week. We'll be back again next week with episode 198. Uh, Until then, have a great week of hobby, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruesandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruesandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash sprues and brews sorry Dave